With your connection to agriculture, I'm Joanna Guza. Brian Costello is the senior ag rep for Alliant Energy, and he's based out of the Fond du Lac office. Brian, could you start off just sharing more about Alliant Energy and your role with the company? At Alliant Energy, we have five agricultural reps that work exclusively with our agricultural customers. One of their major responsibilities is our farm rewire program, where we provide cost-sharing dollars for customers to install energy-efficient and code-compliant wiring on their dairy farms. And actually all farms. It doesn't have to be a dairy farm. Any, any farm customer is eligible for our program. Can you give me some examples of projects you've done with the rewire program? Many times it, it could be an expansion. Uh, a new freestyle barn parlor is being installed. Uh, we do cover new facilities, so we want to make sure that they're wired uh, correctly from the start. Everything meets National Electric Code requirements. Bonding and grounding is all done properly. So the customers will contact us or their electrician will contact us asking about our program. And we provide the cost-sharing dollars. The electrician does the work. It is inspected by our inspectors. After it meets code uh, compliance, uh, we receive an invoice from the electrician, and then we will pay 50% of the cost up to a maximum of $10,000. So when you talk about, like, like, the team of people that you're working with, so it's usually... Alliant Energy, the electrician. Is there anyone else that's involved? And I should also ask, like, when in the timeline do you guys get involved? Do you like to be a part of the initial drawings and how things are set up? Or do you kind of come in once the plans are already made? We absolutely want to be in on the front end. So the planning meetings, when uh, especially freestyle barns and parlors, one of the requirements in the state of Wisconsin is that these buildings have an equal potential plane, what we call an EQ plane. That has to be installed in the concrete uh, before the concrete is poured. So we want to have a good understanding between uh, the people that are putting in the concrete, the electricians that are going to need that equal potential plane to hook up to because once the concrete is poured, it's too late. So we have to be uh, involved on the front end of the project at the planning meetings to make sure everybody's on the same page and they understand what needs to be done. And what's an equal potential plane, if you could describe what that is or give a basic definition? An equal potential plane is there's metal inserted in the concrete before it's poured. It's usually the rebar, which is generally used as a reinforcing agent already, or mechanical connections made between the metal and the concrete, and it's tied to all the metalwork of the building and then tied back to the grounding system of the panel that serves the building. What this does is it creates an equal potential plane of voltage across the entire area so that no matter where the cow is, there's no voltage difference so you don't have any current flow and really minimizes the possibilities of stray voltage. I was going to go right into the next part. Can you tell me more about your work with stray voltage and can it be totally eliminated on farms and what you guys do to help with stray voltage? We offer a program that we will uh, pr- uh, do a stray voltage investigation on any farm. They are free of charge, and uh, it's usually a, at a minimum of 24-hour service where we'll set up in a what we call an animal contact point. We record that for a minimum of 24 hours and send out reports showing uh, the, it's a it's a four-channel graph and shows the levels on the farm. And yes, it's very much can be controlled. Uh, it's very science-based. Things like uh, four-wire system equal potential planes, proper bonding and grounding, all those minimize stray voltage to make it to keep it under very acceptable levels. From your experience, can you speak to any 
some of those negative issues from stray voltage that it either caused for employees or for the cows, the animals? Usually the the behavior of the animal will change when it's exposed to a high voltage. And uh, that it's usually an avoidance behavior. So if you have uh, one of the common places to see higher voltages as electrically heated waters, if they're not bonded and grounded properly, and they also don't have an EQ plane around them, uh, you may see those higher voltages, which the animals will tend to avoid, which in a dairy situation, you do not want your animals avoiding water. As far as milk is a, a, a water is a high component of their milk, so uh, you don't want to be limiting the water. And so the avoidance, and also in the last 10, 15 years, we see a lot more customers actually out there physically cleaning their waters, so you don't want to expose you or your employees to what could be dangerous voltages, and that's why our program is out there to make sure those types of situations don't happen. Brian, I feel like this is kind of a ridiculous question, but what's the difference between stray voltage and high voltage? High voltage is generally, when we're talking about the line voltage, the phase side voltage on systems. Uh, if you if you look at the receptacle in your home, that's 120 volts. We don't consider that high voltage. The high voltage is out on the transmission system or the distribution system. But the stray voltage is, its term is two points that an animal can touch, and there's a voltage difference between them. So when you have an equal potential plane, everything, when it's properly designed, everything that that animal touches, whether it be muzzle to hoof, hoof to hoof, everything is at the same potential, so there is no voltage difference. So hence, no stray voltage. So with your time being at Alliant Energy, what has been consuming most of your time? What are most of your projects that you work on? Our rewire program, I would say, provides about 40% of my time, 30 to 40% of my time, then is stray voltage investigating. And then the, the balance being uh, just customer service, whether it's uh, they have a question about their bill, inquiring about a new service, any type of any ag customer, uh, those calls come to us if we can help them out any way that we can. What's the most common issue you have seen since your time at Alliant Energy? Probably the the biggest is uh, what we see are, are neutral connections that m- that might be going bad over time, and also. Uh, one of the things that our rewire program requires is a four-wire system on single phase. And what that does is separate neutrals and grounds. And it's done to really reduce on-farm contributions to stray voltage. And so we see a, a fair amount of improper wiring where those neutrals and grounds are tied together, either inadvertently or not understanding uh, how the system works. And so those, we see a lot of those. And improper grounding and bonding is another one, a lot of dangerous situations. And are those things that were improperly stalled or over time they just got bad? A little of both. Neutral connections are usually they deteriorate over time. Sometimes it's just improper methods being used to join two wires. Other times it's, it's, it's wear and tear in the system. Many times our customers don't understand that the system wears just like your equipment does. And many times you have electrical systems that are 40, 50 years old and not a lot of work done to them. They just, they just need to be replaced and updated. Has Alliant Energy done any work with any renewable energies? 
Very much so. We have several uh, projects going on. We've done uh, wind, wind energy a lot in the last 20 years, and we have multiple solar projects on, that are starting to go online. Community Solar, right outside of Fond du Lac, is, is one that is has been operating for uh, several months now, and there's several other projects that are in stages close to completion, and there's many more planned. Are you seeing any farms going the renewable route or asking you questions about it? Yes, quite a few. Solar is a lot of questions being asked. Uh, Probably the biggest thing right now is we're seeing a lot of renewable natural gas inquiries where the customers are inquiring about installing digesters to treat their manure and to capture the gas off of it and sell it back into either the pipeline or the transmission system for it to be used across the country. So it's, it's a very good way of utilizing the wastes on a farm and generating a resource. I was actually just talking to someone about renewable natural gas, and he kind of said the cutoff right now is like having 2,000 head to make it be working and economically viable for the farm. I don't know if you can speak anything to the RNG projects, or my other question was more about solar panels and, and what you might know of like where farms are putting the solar panels and how many are needed to operate the farm. Generally, with this, with this, on the solar side, uh, the most economical installation is generally you want to offset the amount of energy that you physically use. That's where you're you're going to be uh, you're going to be getting that back as a retail rate. So looking into your bills, seeing what what you uh, produce and what you use, and you want those two to to measure out quite closely. Dairy farms work pretty well because they have a very steady energy usage, especially when they're milking close to 24-7. It's the energy is being used all the time, and it's, it's quite, quite large amounts, so it, it works pretty well. Most of the time, they'll put them on roofs, uh, freestyle barn roofs, or some, some freestanding. It depends on, on what the, uh, the customer wants to do. The advantage, some of the advantages are freestanding. It's, it's a little bit easier to clean in a, in a farm environment, if need be. Generally speaking, Wisconsin has enough rain that keeps them in, uh, in pretty good shape. But we're seeing more and more the inquiries about solar, but the renewable natural gas has been the most popular right now. We even have a couple of farms that are looking at it that are smaller than that 2,000 or 1,000 cow size. And and, uh, one of the things that they're looking at doing is bringing in other food wastes to supplement the waste stream of the cattle and produce gas out of that. Have you seen more? I know there's been like a one location with the digester and multiple farms contributing to it. Have you worked with uh, on that scale? There are a couple in the the works right now, and uh, I don't have any in my... uh, in my area that are collaborating yet, but that's I'm going to see more and more of that coming down. Now going into 2023, what do you think is going to fill most of your time? There's a lot of interest in the dairy area, just a lot of updating, new barns, uh, new parlors, robotic facilities has probably been the most popular. And just if the customers are in a good, in a good position and they want to update their electrical systems, there's a lot of that going on. And, and we, we cover not only dairy facilities and, and any livestock facility, but any, any farm. And I cover all kinds of different areas, whether they're, they're a, a produce farm, a fish farm. Uh, there's, there's a lot more than just what we usually think of as a farm as a farm with animals. So there's, there's many different agricultural facilities, and we'll cover them all. Thanks for sharing that insight with us, Brian. That was Brian Costello. He was the senior ag representative for Alliant Energy, and his office is based out of Fond du Lac. And that's your connection to local agriculture. Thanks for listening. I'm Joanna Guza.